Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are looking at the seventh parak of Sefer Melachim. Generally, the parak continues to discuss the construction of the Beis HaMikdash, as did the last parak, but it opens with a brief digression, and that deals with the construction of Shlomo's extremely impressive royal palace, the royal compound, which also included a distinct unit, a distinct palace for Bas Paro. We learn that it took Shlomo 13 years to build this palace, and then we're told uh, some of the details of its very impressive structure. The question is, what is this description doing here, interrupting the description of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash and its vessels? And the question is amplified when we note that it, it tells us explicitly in Perek Tess in chapter 9 that it took Shlomo 20 years to build the Beis HaMikdash and his palace. So that means, since it took seven years to build the Beis HaMikdash, 13 to build the palace, that these were done sequentially, that Shlomo completed the Mikdash and then worked on his palace. If so, the narrative should follow suit. We should complete our discussion of the Mikdash and only then begin the discussion of the palace. And the fact that the sequencing is jumbled in the narrative, that they're woven together, strengthens our question, well, what, what is that meant to communicate to us? And I think that there are probably two layers to this, two, two different ways of understanding it. The first is to read it um, in, a, in, a, in a way that is consistent with uh, what we said yesterday with the other interpolation, the other interruption in the text. We said yesterday that in the middle of the discussion of the Beis HaMikdash, we, we hear a, uh, a message delivered from Hashem to Shlomo, where, he, where Hashem tells Shlomo that if you uh, behave properly, if you follow my statutes and my ways, then I will dwell in this mikdash and I will dwell among the people. And implicitly, if you do not, then I will not, and this based on mikdash will not stand. And we noted, based on the comment, the insightful comment of the Barbanel just yesterday, that uh, the message is, is put into the text uh, to tell us that despite the very, very impressive structure that is put together, made with uh, fine materials of wood and stone and gold, Hashem was telling Shlomo and teaching all of us that its durability ultimately hangs on, it rests on Shlomo's ability to lead the nation on the pro- in the proper way. Ultimately, it is the manifestation of uh, Shlomo's relationship with Hashem and the people's relationship with Hashem. And when that fails, it doesn't matter what the structure is made out of, it too will fail. So that was how we understood the interpolation yesterday of Hashem's uh, comments to, to, to Shlomo. And I think we could understand this in the very same way. We could say, why is Shlomo's uh, palace interwoven into the description of Hashem's palace, so to speak? It's because the two are fundamentally linked and that the success that the morality, the, the religious um, uh, righteousness of Shlomo and Shlomo's palace is going to be fundamentally linked to the endurance and the prosperity of the Beis HaMikdash, the, the human, the earthly seat of power and the divine seat of power on earth uh, are, are, are bound up together. And so I think that's one way of understanding how these are uh, put together and why the, 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 the sequences are kind of spliced and jumbled, as I noted, uh, because it's meant to deliver that message, I think, in a, in a subtle but ultimately quite powerful way. There is another possibly more negative valence to this, however, uh, knowing that Shlomo will ultimately sin due to his foreign wives and particularly Bas Paro. So the fact that 
In the middle of the discussion of the Beis HaMikdash, we learn that Shlomo builds a palace for himself, which includes a palace for Basparo. So we're seeing the development of a triangle, of a kind of a tension that's going to haunt Shlomo and is maybe being foreshadowed now, even during the time of his greatest achievement. How we read this opening section about Shlomo's palace, uh, at least in part, I think also hangs on how we read the very first Pasuk in the Perek when we learn that the palace takes 13 years to construct. The palace takes 13 years to construct. How are we supposed to judge the discrepancy between the time invested in building Shlomo's own palace, which was 13 years, and the length of time spent on the base of Mikdash, which was seven. So Shlomo spends nearly double the amount of time on his own palace as he did on the palace of Hashem. There are two different ways of understanding that, two different ways of reading that. Rashi, following a position that's expressed in, in a medrash, says that this reflects very positively on Shlomo, who worked tirelessly and with great alacrity and zeal to complete the building of the base Hamikdash. So when you're very focused, when you're really on top of the contractor, when you're really on top of all, all the projects happening, things can move very fast. And so Shlomo's great focus on the construction of the Beis HaMikdash enabled the project to be completed in just seven years. But when it came to his own house, he was more lax. He didn't check in. He went away for a week. He came back, right? And that's why the project slept on for 13 years. So Rashi chooses to read this, um, follows the, the tradition of reading this in a very positive way. However, you could, of course, say the opposite, that David um, put nearly twice as much effort into the building of his own palace versus that of Hashem. That would be a negative way, a very, very negative way of reading that Pasuk. Of course, the Pasuk itself is indeterminate. It passes no judgment on the relative investment in each project. It just states the time spent on each one as a kind of matter of fact. So we decide which way we want to read it. But uh, as, as with previous Prakim, I think we need to say that since the context is so obviously joyous and celebratory, uh, this should be the, uh, we should read it in a predominantly positive way. The, the context pushes us to read it in, a, in, a, in at least a neutral way, uh, it pro- probably a positive way. But at the same time, as with previous prakim, it, it perhaps betrays some issues that are bubbling beneath the surface and trouble that is to come. So it's kind of a, a complex way of reading it. Again, I, th- I think we're, we have the, the, uh, a positive valence and a negative valence. I think they're both really there. I think because of the context, we should be reading this opening section with positivity, because that's that's the the, the there's positive music playing on, uh, uh, in the background, right? This is the the happy montage. I, I use a lot of movie imagery and 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 references uh, because I think it's helpful for us. That's how we're used to consuming stories. So this is during the during the, the during the lively positive montage uh, where you, you're you're seeing uh, everything kind of go right, and so it, it's it, I don't think we're meant to be reading this in a in a negative way, but that doesn't mean that the seeds of of trouble aren't being planted at the very same time. That's kind of the complexity of the way this is being written and presented to us. After describing Shlomo's palace, we move back to the discussion of the Beis HaMikdash, particularly the construction <clears throat> of its vessels and some structural elements like uh, Yachin and Boaz, the, the massive, impressive pillars. Uh, Shlomo enlists the help of Hiram of Tzor, who is an artisan of great skill. It's kind of like Shlomo's uh, Bitzalel. We spoke. We spoke yesterday. We noted yesterday that Shlomo, in some ways, is like Bitzalel himself. But he also construct. He also um, uh, he also enlists the help 
of someone who is a, this great skilled artisan, uh, much like B'Tzalel was to Moshe. Uh, I'll just note that he enlists the help of this guy, Hiram of Tzor. Of course, we noted that he received the materials, the cedar, from Hiram, the king of Tzor, the king of Tyre. Uh, so the question is, you know, it's just some tremendous coincidence that there's Hiram, this this Israelite from Tzor, or at least this you know uh, person from the, the the Jewish people writ large, uh, from Tzor. Um, his mother's from Naphtali. Unlikely that the king of Tzor's mother was from Naphtali. Are these the same people? Are these different people? If you're confused, that's okay. One way to read this is maybe that uh, Shlomo went to the king of Tzor to ask for an artisan, and this person that he got, who goes unnamed, uh, is um, uh, is is the the son of someone from Naphtali. Anyway, it's it's a little bit uh, hard to figure out exactly, but we'll uh, you know follow the the the, the main uh, approach here, and that is that this is actually a different person, and this is something of a of a coincidence. Um, the parak deals with uh, some familiar vessels uh, from the from the Mishkan, some things that we know from the Mishkan, and there are some new ones. And I will just uh, leave you with uh, one final thought, and uh, and. Um, and that is as follows. When we first learn that Shlomo is building the Beis HaMikdash, so he reaches out to, he engages this king of, of Tzor, Hiram, um, and we learn that Hiram had great admiration for David, for Shlomo's father, and in turn he becomes an admirer of Shlomo as well. But from the very outset, we learn that uh, it's, it's the reputation that David had, it's the relationships that David had that lay the foundation for the building of the Beis HaMikdash. And then at the very end of our parak, the very last Pasuk, concludes, Vayavei Shlomo es kachei David aviv, es hakesef, es hazahav, es hakelim nosan, beotros Beis Hashem. And Shlomo brought in the things which David, his father, had dedicated, the silver, the gold, the vessels, and put them into the treasuries of the house of the Lord. So the building of the Beis HaMikdash is framed. It's bookended by the contributions of David. It begins uh, with David's acclaim and David's relationships, uh, laying the foundation for uh, procuring the necessary materials, for getting the cedar, for building the Beis HaMikdash. That's you know, David's legacy. And it concludes Shlomo's final act in building the Beis HaMikdash is then incorporating the things that David had set aside, the, 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 the beautiful treasures that David had set aside for the Beis HaMikdash and bringing them into the Beis HaMikdash. And I think that this expresses such a beautiful message, and that is that the building of the Beis HaMikdash, though accomplished by Shlomo, is truly the fruits of David's labor. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.